Hello, this message is from Live Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. A recap on last week before I get into the word uh, this morning. But like Ab said, we're involved in a bit of praying at the moment, and every day. Um, we're praying and we have one of these little prayer guides seek first which we have at Life Church and if you didn't get one of these last week you can pick one of these up for free this week just takes you how many of you have been in how many it takes you through it day by day how many of you have been doing it the last few days no judgment but we have put CCTV in every single person's house and so I know Richard Gage you missed Thursday okay um, but the Lord is good um, but um, no we're encouraging people to do it. it doesn't take long and if you haven't grabbed one of these uh, you can still grab one of these um today because we believe seeking first is seeking God first is the best thing you can do but last week we spoke about the truth that we want to build our lives on this year that we want to build our lives on foundations how many of you were here last week and and heard that all five of you fantastic um and we had five bricks here of foundational truths that we want to build. Why? Because the Bible says, he who built his house on the rock, when the wind and the rain and the winds blew, the house withstood that. But the man who built his house on the sand, he lost his house. Why? Because it blew it away and, and, and the rain just washed it away. And we spoke about building strong foundations. We don't want to build foundations on opinions or preferences or popular opinion or, or, or subjectivity. No, we want to build our lives on the truth of God's word. And we want to build substance. If you, Your foundations need to be substantial. That's what a rock is. A rock is simply all of the sand, all the particles together, coming together to form substantial foundations, rocks. And we spoke about five rocks that we want to build on and on everyone's seat. You see, the church, we've been busy this week on your behalf. Uh, we've we've uh, printed one of these out. Should, everyone should have one of these on your seat. If you have, just grab it. You can put it on your fridge or you can put it in your car somewhere. Or you can do what you want with it. But it's just to remind you, and so let's just grab this, and let's just read this together. Is that all right? I know we don't normally do this in church, but hey, why not? Let's read together. That's what they often do in the Anglican church. It makes me feel good. It makes me, I might wear a dog collar on next week, and I'm not, I'd have to go to five years' worth of theological training, but you know what? It's worth it for the dog collar. <laughs> but the five truths, let's read number one together. It says, God loves me and is for me. He is on my side. Let's read number two. God is still good, even when life may appear bad. Truth number three, I can overcome all things because Christ's strength dwells within me. Truth number four, favor follows me. And truth number five, my contentment is always and only found in Jesus. And our prayer is that these truths that we spoke about last week, that this wouldn't just be sort of a message at the beginning of the year, but this would be real life. And when you hit some wobbles, because last Sunday I preached part of the message on a wobble board, that when your life hits some wobbles, which it will, because the Bible says the two men who built their house on the different foundations, both of them experienced the same conditions. Both of them experienced the rain. Both of them experienced the wind. Okay, So it wasn't like the wind and the rain spared either man. No, both of them experienced that. In 2019, we will always all face some rain and we will all face some wind. But our prayer is that when those wobbles come, that you will be built on the foundations of these truths and that will keep you standing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said, amen. Amen. 
Okay, let's get into today. Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to read, and I'm going to do this as quickly as I can because uh, there's some stuff we want to do at the end of this message, which I think is going to bless you today. So Luke chapter 4, verse 14. If you're there, say I'm there. I'm not. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And then just turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21 uh, and just we're going to read just one verse in this passage it says now it is God who makes both of us and you stand firm in Christ he anointed us everybody say anointed he anointed us set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come I love that that God anointed us I want to share a little bit about this passage, but I want to start off by saying when sometimes you drive your car, and many of you will judge me in this moment, but I think you've all been there, and you drive your car and you are tired. Have any of you been in that place? How scary is it for those of you that drive cars when you know you're getting tired and your eyes are beginning to fail you? Have any of you been in that place? Now, can I say to you publicly and on podcast around the world to all our millions of listeners in Colombia and South Korea and New Zealand and Chile and Barbados. Whether they're there or not, I don't know, but you know, we speak it out. Can I say to all of you, we're not, you know, if, if you do feel tired when you drive, the best thing to do is to pull over, okay, and to stop driving. I learned that the hard way when I was 18 and ended up having an accident as a result of just extreme tiredness. And so now whenever I get tired behind the wheel, sometimes I'll say to Abs, I can't go any further and I just have to pull over and she'll swap with me. But the normal thing is she's normally on the passenger seat like this. (sighs) So we're about to go from one sleeping beauty to another sleeping beauty. In fact, a few months ago, we were driving uh, from London back to home in, in West Yorkshire, and I was so tired in the middle. It was like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. I was like, I, I can't do this. And she's like, well, I can't, go, I can't drive either. Like, and we're on the M1, and literally we got to Wakefield, Wakey, okay? And there was a hotel there. <laughs> And I'm like, you know what? We're going to stay in the hotel tonight. I can't do this. Anyway, we ended up just pulling over and and walking around for half an hour. You know when you walk around like this and go, pouring Red Bull into your eyes. Um, Because I don't know if you've driven and 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 then sometimes, sometimes your eye does go. 
and then you and then you and then you are alerted to the fact that you've had a millisecond of sleep. Am I just am I this just me or I feel quite guilty right now. Don't leave me hanging church, okay? And you you literally and then what is it like for me sometimes you think, oh my gosh. It's the thought of I don't know what happened in that last second. I don't anything could have happened. And from that moment it's like okay, that is the injection you need. That is the wake-up call that you need to know you can't keep going on like this. Okay, you need to wake up. And tonight, today is not a wagging finger message at any of us, but I want all of us to almost have a wake-up moment to the fact that God has anointed you. And we're not just driving around this road, road after road. But I pray today without the crash... That you might have, oh my goodness, look what God has done for me and in me and through me. And that's what I want today to be all about. To wake up to the truth that God has anointed you. And in the Bible, Jesus is known as the Messiah. In the Hebrew, the translation of that means the anointed one. But he has also anointed you. The Bible says we are not separate from Jesus. The Bible says we have been adopted into his family. In fact, Romans goes one step further. And Romans says that we are heirs of God and that we are co-heirs with Christ. That's good teaching. Co-heirs with Christ. That we're not separated. We don't look at Jesus through some window and go, hi, Jesus. No, we are co-heirs with him. We've been adopted into the family. Therefore, if God has, adopt, has anointed Jesus, you have also been anointed. And so we sit here today as the anointed people of God. Jesus was anointed to preach good news to the poor. So have you. Jesus was anointed to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. So have you. Jesus was anointed to recover sight for the blind. So have you. Jesus was anointed to release the oppressed. So have you. Jesus was anointed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Guess what? So have you. And your life is more than just getting by. Your life is more than just fitting in, blended in, same old, same old. No, your life is so much more than that. You have been empowered by the Holy Spirit for great works. And our prayer, the reason we're doing this on the second week of 2019, following on from last week, is because we want to speak into every life and every family today and say 2019 would be a year where you are anointed like no other. That this would be a year where you are anointed like no other. Okay, just for a few minutes, we'll speak a bit, a bit about what the anointing means. Is that okay? Some of you are like, this is a little bit deep for Sunday morning, but I've heard that Leeds Church, it's, it's, a, it's a wise, intelligent, thinking church. Smart and hungry for a Big Mac and for the Word. <laughs> Oh, by the way, a week on Tuesday, we're going we're gonna to fast all day, okay? And it's not a long, it's breakfast, lunch, up till 7, 8 o'clock, and then uh, we'll open the fast up here and break fast together. Be fun. I'm looking forward to it. But what does it mean? What does the anointing mean? Anointing simply means, the translation of it, simply means to be smeared or to be rubbed with oil, okay? So there's nothing massively holy about the word anointed. 
we can think, oh, it's a spooky kind of word. No, it simply means to be smeared or to be rubbed with oil. But the, orog- the origin of anointing in the Bible times was from the practice of shepherds. That's where it first came from. You see, what would happen is lice and other insects would often get into the wool of sheep. And if insects got near the sheep's head, what would happen is they could burrow into the sheep's ears and that could lead to the killing of the sheep. That's how serious it was for shepherds. And if the sheep was killed, then obviously that's livestock, that's income that the shepherd loses. And so they didn't want insects to be killing their sheep. And so what they would do is shepherds would pour oil onto the sheep's head. And the oil on the sheep's head would drip down through their uh, head and through their wool, which would make the wool slippery. As a result of that, it would make it impossible for insects. You can just imagine it. You know, insects, I'm going, they're sliding down and sliding down. And the insects, you know, oh, try it again. But they keep sliding down. It'd make it impossible for the insects to get near the sheep's ears because they would simply slide off. So that was the origin of it. And because in, those, in the Bible times, obviously, farming and agriculture was the main source of business and opportunity and income, they would take the practices from farming and shepherding and they would be brought into, into day-to-day life and also into how, how God would instruct the people in the Bible that he would use because they were familiar with those shepherding terms. And so that's what the, why the anointing and the, the understanding and the concept of the anointing became, uh, became popular and also became part and parcel of what it was through the Old Testament, but also into the New Testament and into present day today. And so the anointing would be symbolic for three things, okay? Number one, it would be symbolic for blessing, okay? You would be anointed. If you became a prophet, you'd be anointed. If you became a high priest, a certain office would require a certain level of anointing. And normally, the oil that was used to anoint these people was normally very expensive and incredibly fragrant, okay? They wouldn't just get the cheap stuff. No, they would get the high quality herbs and spices and make them into an oil, which also smelt beautifully, beautiful. And the reason it smelt so nice is that if you were a high priest or you were there when a high priest got anointed, it was so fragrant that fragrances are some of the most powerful ways to trigger memories. So if you smell something, oh, do you remember when we were there? Oh, do you remember when that happened? Oh, do you remember when that prophet got anointed? And so the fragrance would bring back a memory of the time when that priest or that prophet or that king was anointed. It was so recognizable that this person is different to everybody else. Now, I've never smelled anyone smell like that before. And the reason I've never smelled anyone smell like that before is because they've been anointed with such a high level oil and anointing that that's just not common practice. Why? Because they are consecrated. They have been set apart. They're not just wearing Lynx Africa. <laughs> they are wearing best of the best cologne that you can't create and manufacture and replay. You know, this is, they, they're set apart with how they smell. They're set apart with the anointing on their life. The anointing is an outward expression of an inward empowerment. That's all it is, an outward expression of an inward empowerment. <laughs> and Jesus says, repeating the prophet Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is on me because. There's a key word there. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me Because he has anointed me. Because of the anointing, the spirit of the Lord was on him. 
And if we want the spirit of the Lord to be on us, we have to understand it can only be because of the anointing. We want the spirit of the Lord on us not because of a gift, not because of a talent, not because of a building, but because God has separated us for his purpose. But because God has set us apart, but because God has blessed us and God has empowered us. And I think the anointing of God takes your life from one level to the next. That's what I believe. Now, hear me when I say this. All of us, if you accept Jesus into your heart, okay, there's not like different levels and leagues of Christianity. Okay? The Bible says God has no favorites. Okay? So God doesn't put certain in the Premier League and other Christians in League One, and then you get demoted because you've just done something and you're relegated again. And fighting for the playoffs no that's not how it works in our christian faith you know the bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god but because of the grace of god hey we're brought into the family and so jesus is living in you and through you but you cannot deny there are certain times in your life where you feel a greater empowerment than others you can't deny the power of prayer over your life You can't deny what worship does when you worship. You can't deny if you get into the word of God consistently how it begins to change and challenge you. You can't deny getting around other Christians of of similar heart and similar... You can't deny that it has an impact on you. And if you starve yourself of the word or if you starve yourself of worship or if you starve yourself of meeting together, how many of you know it does take its toll? It does have an impact. Jesus doesn't leave you. Jesus doesn't go, right, Richard Gage, I'm off because you missed Thursday. Jesus stays with you. The Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay, so don't become all religious on me now. I'm trying to help you understand that Jesus is never going to leave you. But there are some practices and there are some times when you feel your life at a higher level than others. There are some times when you can pray for someone. You just feel this person's going to get healed. There are times when you go for a job interview, go declaring, I'm going to get this job. There are some times when you feel you're walking with confidence and boldness and strength. There are times in church life where you just feel there's something different going on. Jesus was here, there, and then, but yet sometimes it feels different. Why? Because it takes your life from one level to the next. Sometimes you'll hear somebody sing, and they sing amazingly well, But then you hear somebody anointed sing. And there's just something different about it. They're singing the same song and they're singing it. It can even be the same person singing it one week to the next. But there's just an anointing on one time that just, I don't know what it is, but there's a presence with it. There's, a, there's something attached to it. This isn't just a vocal. This isn't just a gift. This isn't just a set piece. There is an anointing on this song. Don't confuse gifting with anointing. Okay? This is, my, this is my thought on this, okay? Gifting is our human capabilities. But the anointing is God working all over our human capabilities. If I'm gifted to preach or to lead, that's... I can do that in my own human capabilities and the reality is we can probably do it at a certain level and a certain level of effectiveness. I can probably preach and use my gift in preaching at a certain level but if I have an anointing on that, how many of you know it goes to another level? 
Now I'm still gifted in it as you are for many different things of business or prayer or music or sport or entertainment, whatever it may be. There is gifting, but the gifting is different to the anointing because when you are anointed, it has God working all over that gifting. And so I can lead well, but with God's anointing, I can lead at another level. I can play well, but with God's anointing, I can play at another level. I can run a business well, but with God's anointing, I can run that business at a whole other level. I can parent well in my own gifting, but with God's anointing, I can parent at a whole other level. This impacts our whole life. The anointing is the fuel of God's presence on you for the purpose of the establishment of God's kingdom. It is the demonstration of God through his people. And when you're anointed for something, there is just an ease to it. There is a smoothness to it. There is a fragrance to it. It's not a striving. It's not, oh, man, this is hard. There's just an ease. Why? Because that's what oil is. There's a smoothness with oil. And one of my favorite passages in the Bible is when Samuel the prophet comes to anoint David to be king. And David has been excluded from even the lineup parade. All his brothers have been selected and go, no, you're not one. But yet, is there anyone else? Well, I've got one, but he's in the field. There is still the youngest. And so Jesse brings down David and Samuel sees him and goes, this is the one. I can see it. This is the one Lord has told me to anoint. Now, the Bible says before David was anointed, Saul had already been anointed to be king. Now, sometimes people think, you know, like Saul wasn't anointed by God. Yes, he was. Saul was anointed by God. So don't think just because you get anointed by God, that's it, I can chill out for the rest of my life. No, if you're anointed by God, you still have to, you still have to put in the hard work of obedience and, and discipline and, 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 and faithfulness and, and diligence and responsibility and keeping your heart right. Saul failed to do that and there came a point where the Bible says, I've, God says, I've rejected him. And so there's going to be a new king in his name and it was going to be David. But it's interesting how when Saul was anointed to be king, the Bible says he was anointed with a flask of oil. Okay. Since his kingdom was not an everlasting kingdom. What I mean by that is a flask is man-made. Okay, there comes a point when... You know, it's, it's, it's going to end. But the Bible says when David was anointed, he was anointed with a ram's horn of oil. Why? Because a ram's horn is God-made. And so Saul was anointed with a flask, a, God, a man-made, but David was anointed with a God-made anointing. Why? Because his kingdom would know no end. And ultimately, Jesus would come from the line and the lineage of King David. Isn't it amazing how things work? Because it's anointing from God alone that brings results, not man-made anointings. Don't try and manufacture your own anointing. (laughs) Only God can give it. Only God can release it. And the growth in your walk with God comes with his anointing operating in your life. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, come on the screen. It says, when David was anointed, okay, and oil was poured over his head. The Bible says, from that day on, look at it, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is what? On me, because he has anointed me to what? Preach the good news. Look at it, it says, and from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. From that day on. 
And David ends up becoming one of Israel's, if not Israel's greatest king. Is it a coincidence? I don't believe it's a coincidence. I believe it's, an, it's a truth that the anointing on him changed something in him. Sure, he had great challenges ahead. Why? With great anointing can often come great challenge and great testing. <laughs> but David has the power to lead and the wisdom to lead and the strength to lead. And it comes as a result of him being anointed by God. There is you and then there is an anointed you. (laughs) And so there is a howl and then there is an anointed howl. There is John and then there is an anointed John. There is Feluke and then there is an anointed Feluke. There is David and then there is an anointed David. And Zechariah 4, verse 6, maybe that's why it says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Why? Because when we understand that it's not about how much I can do, but it is God working in and through you, everything changes. And when we anoint these days, 2019, which, by the way, is symbolic, okay, Please understand that if you, if you come forward to be prayed at the end in a few minutes' time, there's nothing magic about the oil that we are using, okay? There's nothing magic about the person who is doing it. It is symbolic in the same way there is nothing magic about the water when you are baptized, okay? It is a symbolic outward expression of an internal empowerment, okay? I hope this is making sense. And I want to say today, because some of you are, I don't want to come forward. I want, that's fine. I want to say you can still be anointed, without oil being dabbed into your forehead, okay? And, and so if you're like, I don't want to come, God can, God's not going to go, well, I'm not going to have you because you've not got olive oil on your forehead. <laughs> nah, business is going to plateau and family's going to be tough. And Sorry, all you needed was a little bit of dibba dabba do ya. <laughs> hey, l- shake off the religiosity. Shake it off. <laughs> shake it off. <laughs> and so... Don't think today that that is essential, but I think there is something powerful sometimes. I think that's why sometimes you get down on your knees. I think that's sometimes why you make a decision, you know, to, to fast. It's why you make a decision to raise your hands. It's why you make a decision to do certain outward expressions. Why? Because sometimes it is powerful in terms of the internal transformation that is taking place. And so these days, what we would do is we would just uh, pass me one of those little, 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 little jars of, of oil. We, and we'll do this in a minute. We have this and we, Ty, just come up here a sec and you just put, you know, I've done this before and people have done it literally on my, on my finger. And, okay, on the nose as well. <laughs> so you have one of, you know, that's, and that's how we will do it. We won't put it on your nose, but we'll put a little bit on your forehead and pray for you but in the bible times david wasn't anointed like that in fact jake just come up here a sec um let's just show you we're running out of time a little bit but just come up and run run up here um in the bible times it wasn't quite like that (laughs) see the bible says that when david was anointed and when kings were anointed in the old testament when aaron was anointed that the bible says oil oil was poured okay Jake didn't give his tithe this month, and so we. Uh... <laughs> Poured, okay? And so, literally, as David is being anointed, Samuel would come, and literally it would go 
from the top of his head. It's not very fragrant, but... And it would keep going and keep going and keep going. More, Lord. <laughs> I've got another jug, but we're going to leave it there. If not more oil, just keep standing there for a sec. I'll let you go in a sec. We can see the oil. We can see the puddles of oil everywhere they go. It is dripping down. The Bible says about Aaron that it dripped off his beard. Thank you. Give Jake a massive round of applause. Oh, that we may leave oily footprints in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our universities, that people cannot deny that person is set apart, that person is different, that person is anointed. The Bible says Peter became so anointed that in the book of Acts, people would put the sick on the side of the street that even Peter's shadow might heal them. Talk about being set apart. (laughs) And what I love about it, the reason they would drip, I think, also is because they didn't want just the anointing just to stay with them. They didn't want the kings to soak up the anointing for themselves. They wanted the kings to be anointed so that it would flow. It would flow off me and it would flow into you. And it flow into the places where I do life, the presence of God in your life, working on your behalf. The anointing is not just for you, it's to flow out of you. It is for purpose, it is for power, it is for productivity. It's for purpose, it is for power, it is for productivity. And also, can I also say, when they did anoint people originally in the Bible times, the reason was it was to refresh and to invigorate your body. And our prayer today is that there'd be a refreshing and a vigoration of your external and also your inner.